take three. You you think after all this time I would know what to do? But I don't. I have no idea what to do. The show barely gets done. Hey, welcome to The Bitterest Pill. It's Dan Class. I'm in my garage. I think I'm recording a podcast live uh, via the internet under the flypath of Los Angeles International Airport. We'll see. That's that's the great thing about doing this uh, now that we stream the show is I am not using the old way that I used to do it. And so every time I record the show, there really is a good kind of 50 per 50 percent chance. 50, 50 percent. I would just I think I just failed seventh grade math. Um, There's about a about a 50 percent comma or 50, 50 chance uh, that the show's not really even being recorded. Last last time the show got recorded, it worked perfectly, but the video was so horrible that um, I'm still trying to fix it. You know what I'm saying? How have you been? Uh, I am well. I'm just... Uh, it, it, there's so much anxiety with doing the show now. I used to just come into the garage. I would turn on one lamp, this lamp right here, this little like Pixar lamp. I would just turn on one lamp. I would hit a couple of buttons, record. I would talk for an hour. I'd push stop. That was it. Everything was done through the magic of post-production. But now, and I'm not even sure why we're doing this, but now we stream the show at 1130 in the morning, every Thursday. Trying to keep me honest, I guess, but uh, it, you, whatever. It's a mess. So, I already have to have a drink because it's already it's already been a very full day and it's only 11.30 in the morning here in California. So, this, this is the bottle of water my daughter was supposed to take to school with her, but she didn't. So now I'm drinking it. Thank you. So welcome to the show. Let's get right to it because I, I don't think I have anything else to really talk about. Right? Hudson was doing ACT prep today for the ACT. I don't even know what ACT... You know, I think SAT stands for Standard Standardized Aptitude Test. What's ACT stand for? I, could, I, have, I really have no idea. I, I, I heard of the ACT back in the 80s. It's been around forever. I, I, what does ACT stand for? I don't know, but they just changed the SAT this year, right now. Like, the new one just kicked in. And so, I don't know if anybody's taken the SAT now. Everybody's on the ACT because the SAT was worried they were losing market share to the ACT. So, the SAT changed their test to be more like the ACT. But I bet now everybody's taking the ACT because they keep hearing that they changed the SAT. Capiche? I hope so. So where did we leave off? Because let's let's just get into it, shall we? I can't decide whether I'm hot or cold in the garage today. I actually wrote down notes so I wouldn't forget. Okay, so 
When we left off, my daughter and wife had just been in a major accident, right, with their car. Now, I don't remember exactly all the details of the details that I gave you last time. I'm sure there were some details, but in my recap, I'm going to go over a little bit of it. And then, honestly, um, hold on, I got to check something because I can't tell how many. Is that better? Is that better? No, it's the same thing for me. Okay. I can't remember what details I didn't, didn't include. Okay. Right. We're just going to go back in. I'm going to bring you back up to speed and then we're going to do our thing. So whenever this was a couple Saturdays, Saturdays ago, um, my wife had had, uh, my daughter had been, had a competition on a Friday night and she and my wife were out till one in, in the morning. They got home very late. And then, so the next day I go to karate uh, to drop off Hudson. The grandmaster wants me to come with him and one of the instructors to have coffee. So we have coffee. That's not a particularly, I mean, it's fun, but not relaxing. You know what I mean? Because it's all got to be Japanese culture and that's, it can wear on an American after a while, you know, I mean, I'm kind of used to it, but it's okay. So then I go to karate class. I get the crap beat out of me because I'm horrible at karate. I go home. I'm eating my lunch. And my wife calls to say that she and my daughter, are, they're okay. They're okay. They're okay. Everybody's okay. But um, they've been in an accident. Can I come meet them? So I go to meet them. The car is destroyed. My, my wife drove a Volkswagen GTI. It's one of their little Volkswagens. It looks like a rabbit, but it's a sports car. It's a crazy fast car, but it's tiny, you know? So I roll up on this situation and there's two fire engines, a paramedics truck or two, a couple of cop cars, a Jeep Wrangler. Now, how a Jeep Wrangler factors into this whole thing, I don't know, but it was on official business. Now, luckily... My wife is fine. My daughter's fine. And by fine, I mean nothing's broken. No one's bleeding. They both are in some pain. Not too major at the time, but also you don't know where pain ends and shock begins. You don't know what's right. I'm not assessing the situation. That's what the paramedics are for. I'm just looking like, is anyone crying? Is anyone broken? Is anyone bleeding? And no, everybody walked away, which was good. Now, what had happened, I'm sure if you, you've listened, this is not your first episode. But what happened was a woman made a rather unsafe red uh, left turn. And her left turn was across four lanes, only two of which had stopped. And in my imagination, the first two lanes had stopped, therefore making it impossible for her to see the other two lanes and ipso facto, for the other two lanes to see her as she put her vehicle in the path of two cars. A big white Ford excursion, expedition, excavation, I don't know. One of those big Fords pulls out, ends up getting rammed by my wife and really super rammed by this poor woman in a Volvo. The thing gets pushed Literally, I think five feet. How you push an excursion or an extraction or whatever this stupid piece of steel is that far, that, that's impact, baby. That is sudden impact. Call Bruce Willis. 
I hope that was a Bruce Willis movie or that reference was kind of stupid. So eventually, and I think this is where we left off. So eventually the cops leave or start to leave. And there's only one guy there. And he gives us the incident number, tells us we can get the report by probably about Tuesday. They finally get our car dragged out of the street, which took some doing. The thing is so demolished. And they pull the excursion out of the street and eventually the Volvo. Now, this whole time, the driver of the excursion is just sort of standing there in her shopping clothes with a like a paper shopping bag over her arm and her big glasses. And she hasn't said a word to anyone. Right? No, like not even a facial expression. Not how are you doing? Are you okay? Oh my gosh, we're in this together. I hate you. No, no, nothing. Nothing. But eventually we get the all clear and the police officers say we can go. And again, I cannot stress enough. So far, the El Segundo Police Department and the El Segundo Fire Department have been tops. And not to put down the LAPD, but L.A. is ginormous and El Segundo is like four blocks. So if you're going to get in a crash on Sepulveda, make sure you're right between Rosecrans and Imperial Highway. That's all I'm saying, because then you get like focused attention. So we go home. I drive the girls home. And Hudson's texting me, what's going on? What's going on? Because in, in all the hubbub, I hadn't texted Hudson. So we we get home. And everybody's pretty shaken, obviously. Especially my daughter, as you can imagine. She's only 12 and a half, almost 13 years old. Right? But she tells the story to her brother. My wife tells the story to her son. Same guy. And we all kind of... <sighs> Breathe that like, okay, everyone's home, everyone's safe, nobody's dead, nobody's broken, no one's maimed, no one else died. The lady in the Volvo might be slightly maimed, we don't know, but at this point, it's looking good. So my wife, I don't remember what she started doing, she just sort of was like, Amped. You know what I mean? She's sort of like going around the house. Amped. Da, 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 Which is common for her. That's not surprising. And my daughter was very, you know what I mean? She was kind of like shaken sad. So after we talked for a little while, I offered to cuddle with my daughter, which is something you can imagine at 12 years old, we don't really do that much. But this is special circumstances, and I see it as my opportunity to maybe get my last good cuddle in before she's officially a teenager, and that is off forever. So, I sit down on the sofa, and I offer her my shoulder chest, you know. And she tucks in under my arm. And we just kind of sit there for a while. And just kind of breathe. And every once in a while, she'd say... I love you, Daddy. And I'd say, I love you, baby. And we just kind of cuddle. But this is before, just to be clear, Daddy was put back onto pharmaceutical grade stimulants. Ergo, 
After staying up until one in the morning, waiting for the girls to come back with trophies, and then getting up early enough, and I had to do something else before I took Hudson to karate. So I was up at a fairly normal, uh, probably 8.30 time, which for me is kind of late, admittedly. But I was up probably about 8.30. Blah, blah, blah. Went to a karate class. Needless to say, I fell asleep. With Tulu on me. But I didn't fall into one of those kind of cute little temporary, listen, we're snuggling on the sofa, I'm going to close my eyes a little bit, sleeps. I went to sleep. Full on sleep cycle, sleep, sleepy, sleep, sleep. You don't know where you are. You can kind of hear people's voices. So you kind of come up out of it. You know, like if someone asks you a question, you kind of like, do that thing where you're 50 miles under the water and you just kind of breaststroke straight up to the surface and eventually just crack the water just enough to go, what'd you say? You know what I mean? Like that kind of sleep. So I do remember at one point my wife saying, oh God, your father is asleep and me going, swim, swim, swim. No, I'm not. I'm just resting my eyes Blah, back under. I was, I was out. So at some point in this Deep, deep sleep. My daughter crawls out from under my arm and kind of goes about her day. And at some point, I wake up enough, I breach the surface enough to realize that I'm sleeping. Like, sleeping. And the, na- the day needs to continue, and I'm sleeping. So I'm like, oh my God. So I struggle to get up, and I immediately go get a, a, a caffeinated cola beverage. And I pound that. Because in the car on the way home, I had promised my wife that I would call the insurance company and say, listen, there's been an accident. I assume the car's totaled. What do we do about a rental car? Because we have the need for two cars. Like, we can't get along with one car. What do, what do we do? What's, what's going to be fair and reasonable? Because I got to go get a car. Now, I'm getting the feeling that my wife is mad at me. Now, this isn't that extraordinary a feeling. So I'm not super shocked, but I'm a little like, uh, uh, you know. And listen, it's been a weird day. It's not every day that you are in that major an accident, right? So I get it. So, So slack is being doled out, trust me. But I'm getting the feeling. The daddy's in the doghouse. Oh, here she is right now. Let's see if she will accept that text message as... Well, we'll see if she accepts that text We'll see. A lot of times she calls and I don't pick up and then she keeps calling until... Like, I can't... I would have... I'm not... Sh- like, I'm not dodging your calls. I would pick up if I could pick up. So she's... I, I get, I'm just getting the feeling that I'm in the doghouse. Okay, the post-crash doghouse. Okay, now, I'm not even saying this in my defense. I'm just saying this as a, as a point of explanation. My, we've all established years ago that my wife is a strong woman, as many modern women are. And for guys that appreciate that sort of thing, that's awesome. And I do appreciate that sort of thing. I don't want a little flower of a wife. I wanted a partner. I wanted a strong woman intelligent woman, that kind of woman, a modern 21st century woman, right? 
But unfortunately, that's put me in this weird position where I'm never sure how to handle certain situations with her because I don't get the feeling she wants to be like babied and cuddled. You know what I mean? Like a 12-year-old would. So that puts me in this weird position where I'm never really sure, like, what do you, do you need me to, like, comfort you or just, like, weed the backyard? Like, what, what, what's going to make you happy right now? Now, the answer to that question apparently is not what would make me happy, Dan, is for you to sleep for however long. And I don't even know how long I slept. I have no clue. To this day, I have no clue how long I was asleep. All I know is I was down there. So I go get my Diet Coke. I drink half of it in one gulp. And I get my pad, my paper, and my phone, and my earbuds, and I head to the bedroom because that's going to be the quiet place to call Allstate, our insurance company. And this is what's always confusing to me, and I think we just gave up understanding. You can call your insurance company and, and start a claim, or you can call your insurance company and not necessarily start a claim. Now, if you start a claim, you automatically owe them your deductible pretty much, right? And then if things go your way, you get the deductible back. If you don't start a claim, I guess you don't start a claim and you, you, you kind of fish around or whatever and hope that it goes well and hope that it goes well. So I call Allstate and I'm trying to not start a claim, but by the same token, I'm saying, hey, you know, my wife was in an accident and my daughter was in the car and the car is probably totaled. Police report Tuesday, yada, yada, yada. I don't have the, and this is the, this is like that thing that you say that makes your sphincter just go, ah, is I don't have the insurance information of the woman we believe is the responsible party. Now, the reason I don't have the insurance information of the woman that we believe is the responsible party is because the police kept us apart, or at least kept my wife away from her, and definitely just started handling it. Which I get, because like I said, I think I said the other time, my wife might have taken the woman's head off. But it definitely has put us in this weird position. Our car has been destroyed and we don't know the insurance company of the woman that probably will end up paying for it. So, I go through everything with the woman. Where, when, what, how, who, the street, the car, the other car, the other car, hospital, no hospital, all that. We go through everything. She's answering all my questions. I'm answering all her. We're done. And then, and this happens a lot. And this is one of the downfalls of having a strong woman wife is because this happens no matter what I handle. I will be wrapping up a conversation that I've been having in earnest with total concentration for 25 minutes. My wife will come in in what I think is the last 10 seconds and start the whole thing over again on speakerphone. So I just am like, we covered this. We, we, we covered this. I was, we covered this. We covered, we covered this. If you wanted, you knew, honey, I said, I'm going to call. You knew the thing, but I guess before, I don't know. So whatever. So we, so we finally wrap up with the insurance agent. And I say, listen, I don't know. Are you any clearer on uh, than I am on whether or not we just started a claim? 
So my wife says no. And I think we literally called back the agent and went, listen, okay, have we just committed to $500 to you or not? Where, like, where does this stand? She explains it all again. It makes sense. But we kind of give up because eventually there's no way. Well, there is a way. Please. I can see, see, because my brain keeps like, well, there's no way that she doesn't have insurance that's going to come. Of course, you have to have it. You never know. Right? Until you know, you never know. So we get off the phone. And I say to my wife, I got to tell you something. I'm a little scared about this whole police report thing. Because if that goes sideways, it's going to, it's just, it's going to complicate the hell out of everything. And my wife says, an inaudible, unrecognizable, unrepeatable sound. She goes ballistic. And I'm going to chalk it all up to stress. And I'm going to chalk it all up to the fact that she loves me, but she hates me. Um, she gets so mad at me and the whole anger about the sleeping thing comes out, obviously. And you knew that was coming. Let's be honest. We we knew we were going to have to talk about sleeping, but she gets really pissed off that I said what I said. And she keeps saying, I don't need you to say things like that. That's like pouring salt in the wind. I need you to be strong right now. Not pour salt in the wound, Dan. You think I don't know about the police? I'm like, baby. What are you talking about being strong right now? I was be- I'm trying to be on top of everything. I'm trying to communicate to you that I have an extra eye, a third eye, specifically dedicated to the police report. She's like, but I need, but you're all like, oh, I'm so scared about the police report. You think I don't know that? And she just spins around like a flaming top. I just need to be, I don't clearly know how to be the strong. What does that even mean now? Because if that just means stay away. So I apologize profusely again and again for falling asleep. And she kind of can't because, listen, she was internet. I get it. But she can't accept emotionally that I didn't fall asleep to spite her. And I keep saying, I'm not arguing that I fell asleep and I'm not arguing that I shouldn't have fallen asleep. I'm merely arguing that I apologize for falling asleep and that I'm sorry for falling asleep and that I didn't fall asleep to make you this mad. Who in their right mind would fall asleep to make you this mad? I wouldn't in my right mind do anything to make you this mad. But I need you to be strong. And every time you bring up the police report, it's just like salt. What's salt in what wound? I'm trying to take things off your plate. No, I don't. It, it, okay, we're beyond reason. Now, the reason I was so worried about the police report was because of comedian Mike Birbiglia. Now, I don't know if you know who Mike Birbiglia is. I don't know Mike Birbiglia at all. I'm just a fan of Mike Birbiglia. And I've listened to a lot of his stand-up material, and I've heard him uh, uh, tell stories on NPR and This American Life. I saw his movie. He wrote, I think he wrote and directed a movie, right? Yeah. But he is like a Broadway, he's, he's, he's Mike Birbiglia. Now, Mike Birbiglia has this story about one time he was in Los Angeles, and a drunk guy T-boned him and then tried to drive away and then ended up smashing into a tree. 
So they caught the drunk guy. Now, Berbiglia is all disoriented because he's just been in this huge crash. The cops come, they fill out a report, and the report is so screwed up that the police try to get him, Mike Berbiglia, to pay for the drunk guy's car. They screw up who's driving which car, which car hit which car, who's driving. Like he literally, I think at one point it says that Mike Berbiglia hit his own car with his own car like that. It was bad. And I get it. That's probably not the most exciting part of police work is writing out an incident report, especially if you're in the LAPD, when there are plenty of other people you could be shooting. So my fear is, and no offense to El Segundo Police Department, but things can go wrong. People misspeak, people miswrite all day long. And if anything is even the slightest bit out of line with this police report, it's going to screw up the fact that this lady hit, right? Like this lady caused a wreck and she has to be found at fault because she owes us a car. That's why I'm scared. Forgive me, mama, for using that word. Not scared like a little girl, but concerned. Is that a better word? Concerned about the police report because of Mike Berbiglia. That's all I'm saying. I'm not pouring salt in the wound. I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. There's nothing to do with you as a human being, Melissa. This, right? This was just, we needed the police report. I'm on top of the police report. I'm going to make sure it's accurate as much as I can, not being directly involved in it. That's all, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So it gets to be another one of those weekends where I'm just like, uh, listen, if this whole thing goes south, I guess I'm good. I swear to God, I'm going to buy an RV. I'm going to park it over here on Manchester like everyone else. I'm going to wash mine every once in a while. That seems to be something that's escaped the near homeless in the area. Like if you have the RV and you've got the gas and the bike, you've got a 13 skateboards and a lawn chair. There's nowhere for you to squirt. I mean, I guess why would you, I guess why would you bother you're living in an RV on Manchester? So, I literally have no recollection of that night. I think I went and overpaid for takeout pizza and then we ate takeout pizza at home I don't even know. Hudson could have been, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think we had pizza together at home and pretended like everything was normal. So the next morning, the girls had to leave really early because it was another competition day. Friday was a competition day and Sunday was a competition day. So the girls, I could have this way wrong. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, no. So the girls left early in my car, in, in what used to be my car, in our car, our Mazda car. We have a Mazda car. And they left early in that, I, I think. And Hudson and I had karate class on Sunday at nine in the morning. There's this short, weird, hard workout Sunday thing that we go to. It's at nine to 9.45. And he and I walked or rather, we're planning it. Well, we walked. But before we even left, I start getting these texts from my wife. Which I will try. To, I'm going to try to recreate the, the chronology of them. The texts from my wife are essentially, Dan, 
the low tire pressure light is on on the car. How long has that been on? To which I respond, well, it's been on for a couple of weeks. Don't worry, the tires are fine. Remember I had that flat tire? Well, I took it to Pet Boys and they never switched the little switch that, that, that fixes that light. So I'm going to get that taken care of next. And when I bring it in, I, the car needs service. I don't use this many words, but that's the gist, right? I had a flat tire. Pet Boys fixed it. It was the end of the day. They did it for free. They didn't reset that light. So yeah, I'm driving around with that light on that makes you think that the tires are flat, but the tires are not flat. She writes me back and says, but I reset that light when I had the car and I took it down to Costa Mesa. Steve showed me how, because Steve has the same car and we had to take it to the place to get the tires or the service or whatever the hell it was. And we reset that light. So those tires are probably flat. How long have you been driving around on those tires? To which I respond, pretty sure you had the car well before I had my flat. I had my flat about a month ago. The light has been on for about a month. The tires are not flat. You should be fine. But I'm going to rent a car and I'm going to come and get the car from you. You're going to take the rental car because I can't talk about these tires anymore. She's like, but I distinctly remember telling you how to reset the light. So why would the light have been on? I'm like, baby, if you had told me how to reset the light, I wouldn't have been driving around with that light on driving me crazy. That light drives me crazy because I don't know how to turn it off and it's been driving me crazy. So trust me, in the time span, right, where that light had been on after the tire was repaired, if I had known that you knew how to turn that light off, uh, 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 right, I would have turned the light off. I foolishly assumed that it was something that they had to do like at the dealer or something because I don't know why I guess I just did now it turns out it turns out according to my wife it's super simple it's super easy and Steve showed me how to do it and I showed you and how long have you oh my god she won't let it go she will not let it go to the point where I just have to stop answering her texts because it's ridiculous it goes on for the half hour before karate, probably while I was in karate, and then once I was out of karate where I'm literally like, honey, in your texts, let's boil it down. You are accusing me of driving around knowingly on flat tires, driving our children back and forth from school all day, all night, all afternoon for four or five weeks. That's what you're, let's just be clear that, that that's what you're accusing me of. The thing that you've seized on is that I've been jeopardizing the lives of our children and myself for five, six, ten weeks, however long you think it's been because I've been ignoring that light because you reset that light. So if the light's on, then I must be the worst father in the universe. So after karate, I'm like, Hudson, F this. You walk home by yourself. I'm going to walk over to Hertz and get a car. 
I don't think I even had a reservation. I'm just like, F, we live at the airport. I walk, I like, F this, I'm walking to Hertz. I'm not exactly sure how far it is. I think it's not that far. I'm pretty sure I know where it is. I'm just going. Finally, the texts stop from Melissa. And I get to Hertz. And I get up to the counter, and this very nice woman helps me at Hertz. Now, as you can imagine, the Hertz that I find is at LAX. So it is not really set up for people to just wander in off the street. It's not like the one you go to where you drive up and there's a parking lot near the door and you just get out of your car and go. I literally get to the place and I'm like, oh, F, what, where? So I go in the gate where the cars go. I walk by the garage where they fix the cars, past where they wash the cars, and then this whole weird other area. I don't know what the hell's going on back there. Finally find the, you know, the office area where you rent things. So I finally, you know, it's my turn. And this nice woman helps me. And I say, I need a car. I'd love to rent a hybrid because I'd love to buy a hybrid. Do you have anything that's not too crazy expensive that's a hybrid? Just my wife and my daughter. I, I, don't, I may have given her the whole story of like, we live in the area. My, they crashed, the car crashed, blah, blah, blah. Now, while I'm settling all this, my son keeps texting me that he wants to go hang out with his uh, significant other, his girlfriend. Okay, Hudson. Mayor, I don't want to, listen, I don't want to talk about Hudson's personal life. Hudson has a friend. He has a friend that he wanted to hang out with. Can we just say that? Hudson has friends. That he may or may not, he may have wanted to go visit one of his friends. So while I'm wrapping up with this woman, he keeps texting me like, hey, man, how long are you going to be? Because I want to go to such and such part of town and I want you to drive me over there. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to answer questions. And then my wife starts texting me about the competition. Oh, Toulouse about to go on. Do you want me to keep you posted on in Texas? Yeah, sure. Okay. So Melissa's texting me, Hudson's texting me, and the woman is asking me questions. Now, I would have sworn that when she asks, asks me, asked me about insurance, because they always do, I would have sworn that I said no insurance. I always say no insurance. Melissa always says no. We never get insurance because we have insurance. We pay for insurance. We have very good coverage. When you have insurance, it covers your rental car insurance. You don't need, as far as I know, as far as I know, Hertz don't come after me. Our insurance covers a rental car. The, the lady told me. Our agent told me in these words that we don't need. Okay. So. She gives me the car. I get in it. It's a beautiful, brand new, hybrid Ford uh, shoot, Fusion? Fusion. It's a four-door. It's a Fusion, right? It's a really great car. I got to tell you something. Uh, I really like the Ford Fusion Hybrid. I would love to drive one of those, own those. Those are they're probably pricey. Now, I thought we test drove one a couple years ago and weren't that into it, but I got to tell you, I'm digging this car, man. Right? So I run Hudson up to his friend's house in the hybrid, and I'm on my way down because, of course, Hudson, I feel like we've already talked about this. Have I just been thinking about it so much that I think we did? Is this a repeat? 
So I run Hudson up to Westwood or wherever, and then I have to drive back down past the house, and I go down to the competition. And as I'm on my way down there, Melissa starts texting me, hey, when are you going to be here, blah, 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 to lose on a break, and she wants to go at in and out So I'm like, okay. So I'm trying to like Siri and the car's light. You know what I mean? So we decide we're going to, I'm going to go pick up the girls in in the rental car. And then we're going to drive in the rental car to in and out because my wife is convinced that this, the parking at this location is in her words, horrendous. This competition is at the Lawndale High School. They have this big new performing arts thing that they rent out, right? God, are you sure we haven't talked? I, I swear I'm having like the most intense deja vu. Do I rehearse this show in my car on a continuous loop and I just don't realize it? We haven't covered this, right? My wife is convinced that the parking of this place is, in her words, horrendous. And every time she says that, I go, you mean Lawndale High School? I swear to God, I've never walked that far to any. I don't know where you're used to parking. Seriously, we've talked about this before. Because then I said something like, clearly she's not an actor. Actors have to park far away and then walk as every... Uh, no? You can hear me, right? Wait, what's happening? I'm trying to check something. Can you hear me? If I've been doing this show to silence, because I can't... Let's look at something real quick. We're just looking. We're just taking a moment. Oh my God. What is going on? All right, we're taking a technical timeout because I'm starting to freak out. Okay, the recording is at least recording. And that's a good sign, right? Hello? Check. Can you? All right, I'm getting really paranoid. Hold on. Is there no audio on the stream? I think something got deleted. Oh, wait, no, there I am. It did. That's hilarious. Not really. It actually really stinks. Where is the thing? I bet you can hear me now. Was all that at least recording? Please, Lord, I, I can't. Oh, this is going to be a nightmare. Ah, <laughs> ah. All right, we're going to take a hiatus from this. I bet you can hear me now. Yeah, see? Was all that at least recording, please? Oh, my God. Because if I've done... I don't know what happened. Somehow uh, the audio input got deleted from the thing. I have to literally reset this up every time because inevitably something isn't working. So, so like, right now... Yeah, okay. All right, we're going to stop... No one's watching the stream, I'm sure, but I'm not going to stop the stream. I can't do that. Don't stop the stream, Finkman. Um, let's do this. We're going to stop recording. Check. Is that even recording? It is. Yeah, that's recording as far as I know. Okay. Listen, we're just going to do a quick... Don't mind me. It's a little housekeeping. The really bad news is... um. 
because of the time of year. Uh -uh. That's not a good sign. Uh, it's starting to get hot in here. So I wonder if I'm going to have to uh, ask for a different time slot because there's no freaking way. Okay, well, that's not good. The pleasures of working alone. So did none of that video record? I, I give up, I swear to God. Uh, 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 this might be the... Yeah, this might be the straw that breaks this camel's back because now I'm not seeing the video recording that I thought I was recording all this time. And as we know, Steam, or uh, Twitch... All right, let's do this. Check. All right, check two, three. Okay, so... There we go. Okay, so in theory, the the record the audio recording does exist. So I guess I can sync that to the video that will have no audio. That's fine. Okay, good. I am so tired of doing post production on the video of this show. That it was supposed to be like a thing, a done thing, right? Anyway, I think the stream now has audio now that there's no one watching. I think I'm recording the video, but maybe not. We'll see. You know what I mean? It's awesome. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, they left. Okay, so let's get back to the story. And uh, what time is it? 12.15? Okay, let's take let's drink water and then we're going to get back. There's really nothing else. Is there anything else to tell? I don't know. Ah, uh, reminiscing about the old days when I was alone. No lights, no camera, no action. So, oh yeah, okay, so, <laughs> whatever, who cares? Do you even give a sh you know what I mean? Okay, so I drive, listen, I drive down to where there's horrendous parking. I arrive at like 11.30 or something, 11.15, I don't even remember at this point. I park right in front of the doors. The girls come out and meet me. They get in the car. We go to In-N-Out. We have a lovely lunch. My wife is acting perfectly normal, like everything's fine. I think it even at one point, and this is, the, this is one of the beauties of marriage. One of the beauties of marriage is when your spouse turns to you and says, what's wrong? And you want to say, you've been yelling at me for 24 hours. But instead, you kind of have to just go, nothing. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm without fault. I just want things to be in a different proportion. I grew up in a house where I think my parents yelled at each other once. My wife and I, and again, I'm not saying that I'm completely innocent by any stretch of the imagination. There are those that would argue that I am the perpetrator of a lot. We, there's a, we, trust me. We more than have made up for my parents' 54 years of marriage, whatever that is. So we go to In-N-Out. We have In-N-Out. Now, I think by this point, 
Is that true? Yeah, actually. The way it timed out is I didn't get the, to the competition in time to watch my daughter dance on that second day. Now, she had two group numbers, one with her age group and then one that's her age group with older kids up to like, so the age range is, I think, like 12 to 20. Yeah, 12 to 20 for their big, huge, this big, we'll call it the big blue number. But I was there because of the the lunch and everything for the for the awards ceremony. And again, my wife and I are getting along fine. And it and, and so what happens is, and maybe you maybe I can't possibly be the only one that goes through this. I go through this thing where, listen, if my wife and I have been at odds, and then we spend time together. If there are other people around, part of me assumes that it's just a show and that we're just trying to like be normal in case someone's watching. And then I catch myself when we're alone, kind of looking around like, is someone watching us right now? Because she's acting completely normal to me, like she actually wanted to stay married. You know what I mean? Like, it's always just this weird, like, are we, uh, is this, a sh- are we, what are we, are we back? Oh, we're back. Are we back to a normal? Oh, okay. I had no. I had no idea. So we watched the awards. One of the group numbers did, I guess, pretty well. The other group number won the biggest trophy that I've ever seen. The blue number. The blue number with the 12 to 20-year-olds just won. I, 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 don't, I don't fully... I think they were basically the top group number. Maybe even that means even the duets and stuff. Like everybody that wasn't dancing alone, they beat you. Like that kind of thing. But no matter how well my wife and I are getting along, let's be clear. The only thing I can think about, really, is my tire gauge. Because all I really want to do, and I'm, and I'm enjoying, you know, I'm enjoying watching everybody get their award, and I'm clapping and cheering everybody on, and I'm being very supportive and all that stuff. But the truth is, all I can really think about is my tire gauge so everything's over we leave the girls drive home in the in the focus or fusion or whatever that thing is i chit chat with one of the other dads for a second and then i get in my car i'm like all right i gotta get out of here but i gotta find some place to park because i gotta check these tires these supposedly flat, I reset the light tires. So I drive and drive. And for some reason, because I guess because I went like from too shitty a neighborhood to do it to too nice a neighborhood. To do it, I basically drove all the way back to Westchester and pulled over in the parking lot of the office depot. And I rummaged around and I found my tire gauge. I've got this electronic tire gauge that I bought. And I go around to each of those tires. Now, I know they're they're probably a little warm. Well, no, because I drove for a while. I actually washed and vacuumed the car because I knew my wife was going to be driving the car. So I actually did that too. But so I went from the car wash to Office Depot. I pull up. I get out the gauge. I check those tires because I figured they might be a little warm, but, but they're probably not too warm because they right they sat for a while while I dried off the car four wheels two of them 
dead on recommended pounds per square inch. Dead on. The other two, within one pound of being dead on. Dead on. Dead on. All of them were 35 or 34, 33, whatever, whatever, whatever it said on the door. I just look, I open the door, I look on the door. You know, in the frame of the door. I'm sure your car has that sticker. It just tells you what to do. So I let the car sit for a little while. While I search on YouTube, because if, if, right, if resetting the low tire pressure light is so easy that Steve could show you how to do it, there must be a guy on the internet that shows you how to do it. And that guy would be on YouTube. So I find it in a second. Now, I had asked my wife to explain to me how you do it. I think twice. I wanted to make sure I did it more than once, but not so many times that, again, we went into, like, whirling dervish mode. And she kept saying, well, I don't remember. I don't remember. So I looked it up, and I think, well, it's going to be a little complicated because she doesn't even remember how to do it. It was so important to her. She's so convinced that she told me. And she may have told me. She may have said, but it would have been like this. Hey, Dan. Oh, yeah. And then Steve showed me how to reset the tire pressure gauge. Oh, really? Okay. Months before my flat tire. When it was off. So anyway. The YouTube video is essentially this explanation. Ready? When your car tires are cool... Bring them up to the proper pressure. And then, you see this little button right here? Push it for three seconds. The end. If I had known that five weeks ago, I could have at least avoided a couple hours of angry, self-defensive texts back and forth to Melissa. I could have avoided driving around on tires, uh, excuse me, driving around with that light on, driving me crazy for five or more weeks. But I can't wait to get home. I cannot wait to get home because those tires we're not flat, and I'm going to get home, and I'm going to figure out when my wife had the car in, in, in wherever the hell she had it in Orange County, where she thinks she reset the thing. I'm going to figure out when I had the flat tire, and I'm going to tell her that the pressure is just fine. So I get home, and I do something, and she's sitting on the sofa like there's nothing going on talking to Tulu about her trophy. And they look so peaceful there and normal and happy that I walk by and I go, oh yeah, and the tire pressure was fine. And you know what my wife said? Oh, that's great.
All right, that's it for The Bitterest Pill for this week. Uh, whatever day it is, March, I don't know what day. What day is it? March 10th. March 10th, March 10th, 2016. Um, oh, I just realized they just left out a whole bunch of the story. Eh, maybe we'll go back and tell it. By the time you hear this, it'll be in the story. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to... Uh, we'll see. <laughs> what time is it? Yeah, I got time. Like it matters. Anyway, listen, thank you for... Uh, we're going to wrap up the show, and then I'm going to go back and, and just talk a little bit about the police report, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, if you're hearing this, and you already heard about the police report, you understand. You understand? This is like... Uh, this is like a Tarantino movie. We're, we're going to flash forward and flash back and everything. So I'm talking about something that I'm doing in the future that you already heard or saw in the past maybe i don't know whatever who cares all right anyway thanks for listening thanks for watching uh, uh, as you know uh, if you want to email me email me at uh, pill at danclass.com or uh, follow me on twitter please would you go to uh, danclass or um you know as always the bitterspill.com is the website or danclass.com slash pill it doesn't really matter it's all the same thing uh, we theoretically stream the show live, theoretically, with audio. Every Thursday uh, at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific, 12.30 Mountain, um, I don't know, Central, what is that, like, 4 in the morning? Oh, and uh, please, if you get a chance, uh, consider supporting the show on Patreon. Patreon, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? What do you call it? Like a Patreon, like a pledge? Is that what we're going to call it? Okay, fine. A Patreon pledge. Your Patreon pledges help support the show. And I mean that quite literally. Um, what the show really needs is for me... Yeah, I need, I need someone online as like backup or something, right? Even if they were in a remote location. Do you want to volunteer to be my backup? Next week, oh, the show, the song stopped. Let's start a new song, shall we? So professional. Right, there we go. That sounds like the bitterest pill. Anyway, yes, patrons like you, including, like, th th listen, people support the show. That's the way it works. People like uh, Megan, Jeff Short, Rob Usedon, David Jackson, Mike Hamilton, Flores, Tom Carroll, David Chasen, Gerard Cortinez, Chris Class, Scott Mercer, and many many more support the show on patreon patreon.com and of course as always thanks for the people at uh, thanks to the people at alpha geek media for being uh so patient i think we actually figured out the lip sync thing if there had been see that's the, see that's the really upsetting thing i just did the whole stream thing live i made sure all the streams were working and everything and I had finally worked out the lip sync thing. So if there had been audio, the audio would have been in sync with my mouth. The whole time, I think. But instead, something happened and my little audio thing disappeared. And I didn't notice it because I can still hear myself. What a nightmare. Anyway, uh, 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 uh. All right, let's see if we can do this. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Next time, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Uh, we will see. Really depends. 
Next, um, yeah, next week's Hudson's birthday. Our little baby boy is 17 years old next week. I know. Don't think about it too much, please, Lord God. If he didn't have school, we'd do a birthday show, but he has this school thing, whatever. Anyway, all right. Uh, how much of this loop? Should we just talk to the end of this loop? No, I can't. I, I can't even tell which loop it is. No, we're not gonna. We're not gonna blather on for another minute. Okay. Anyway, listen. Thank you very much. I'll uh, see you next week. Same time, same channel. Better audio. Bye bye. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's 